So hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Waima. Today I'm with Hanan. I didn't even ask you how to even say the last name. Uh, is it, let me have a try. I, I want to say it in a Spanish way, but I'm sure that will probably be wrong. Am I guessing? Okay. Yeah, we will be wrong because it's a Portuguese way, but anyhow. Oh, wow. Uh, I, of course, I want to say Arujo, but that's definitely wrong. Because you said it's totally different. Araujo. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't think I could have gotten that the first time. I, I, I appreciate you stretching stretching the imagination. You know, sometimes I think in English it's similar. Like you look at it and you're like, okay, I think I know how to say that. And it's like totally different. Like the word like colonel oh. is spelled like colonial. You know, these, it's like totally different than the way you write it. Absolutely. It drives me nuts. Usually those ones are like French. But uh, sorry, anyways, <laughs> enough French passing for once. Uh, again, uh, welcome to the show. Um, we're here to talk about shaders, right? I, what I understand is that you're the guy who knows about shaders. Okay, I am a guy that knows something about shaders. Uh, it's uh, in the by saying shaders, I mean fragment shaders on Flutter. That's still an upcoming feature uh, in the framework and uh, the engine. So, for example, you, uh, you have some people that's uh, been working or experiment with uh, with fragment shaders uh, for some time now. And um, what happened is in the last uh, few months, the support for fragment shaders in Flutter in the master channel has went like into a revolution and it's fantastic right now, but it's still under development. So you just have to um keep watching on those and uh going using the imagination to to see how uh what's the possibilities this new feature uh will unlock to the day-to-day -day, uh app development I, I usually like to kind of go back in time and then kind of catch up to the the topic that we're at today right so you you're you're based out of portugal but you're working for very good ventures isn't that true Yes, yes. It's a kind of a long story, but I'm Brazilian, <laughs> and uh, I moved to Portugal uh, some uh, some years ago. I guess it's already three and a half years, and uh, I started working um, messing with Flutter since I was back in Brazil, 2018. Uh, but I started working professionally with professionally with Flutter uh, 2021 beginning of 2021 oh it's that's very recent yes i before that i just uh, i just like did things in the sides also some community work uh organized some events like uh, the hack 19 the hackathon in uh, 2019 in the city of campinas in brazil and uh, i also started working immediately with uh, open source stuff packages and uh, libraries for Flutter since 2018. So the oldest one I have is uh, PhotoView, which is a widget that you can display images in a fashion like uh, uh, image, image gallery where you can zoom in, doing the pinch gesture, rotate and stuff like that. And uh, I also been uh, involved since uh, the very beginning with, the, with something that we call the Blue Fire which is a collective of people that do some open source, uh, maintain some open source projects, and uh, also organize some events around the open some open source projects that we have. The most famous one is the Flame Engine, the game engine for Flutter. And um, yeah, so this is like my, my, my 
nightlife in Flutter, where I do like between uh, between uh, professional work. And uh, professionally, I started I started working uh, at this company called Rose, uh, which is a spreadsheet company, and we we ship it one of, one of the first uh, desktop apps last year. I don't know if it can be used right now, but uh, at that moment, at that time, it was a huge case for Flutter. Uh, if you remember the Flutter uh, release on Windows featured our app, it was awesome. That moment was awesome to see our our products being featured on the on official Flutter event. And uh, after that, I joined uh, VGV in 20, uh, in this year. And um, I joined the team that maintains the open source projects for Very Good Ventures. So this team is me, Felix Angelov, and uh, uh, Wolfering. And uh, we maintain projects like Very Good CLI, Flame Behaviors. We just released something that uh, adds completion to command line applications. Among others, for example, we help to maintain also things that are not from BGV, but are from us personally, like Block, Mason, and uh, other small packages. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know you worked on Rose. I mean, Rose, yeah, I do remember that came out. It was huge, right? And it kind of came out and then I never heard anything back from it again. And you're saying it, it may not even be out uh, like publicly yet? Yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, the they're not... Development the the desktop app uh, is not under development anymore at this moment, so I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, let's see what happens. At least the uh, the engine for the spreadsheet, uh, the the visual engine for the spreadsheet, and uh, some other small packages are open source. There is uh, this package called Sways that's actually the table engine that allows that huge thing to run. And it's hundred uh, percent open source. There's some shards, some plugins. I guess uh, I guess we we didn't lose a lot from that as a community speaking. Yeah, I, I like I said, I do remember that. That was pretty huge. Uh, I remember. I think somebody came out on stage to talk about it, and that was me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, the, was that you actually that came on stage? Yes, I was in the video saying, "Yeah, we developed this, this, this." I think yeah. you I think you had less hair at the time. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think it was a shorter hair guy. Was that? Did you have shorter hair or am I remember wrong? Oh, yeah, <laughs> probably. So you have the COVID hair right now, right? <laughs> yes, if you, you can call it like that, yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I do remember somebody coming out and, and explaining about it. I thought that was really cool. Um, no, no, I want to ask a question. How come you got chosen? Was it just, uh, is it your good looks? Is that what got you on stage or what was it that got you up there? Man, look at my face. Of course not. <laughs> of course, that's not <laughs> what... Uh, what uh, what happened? Actually, what what called the Flutter team attention was one GIF that I posted as a comment on a Twitter post. Uh, the, the Twitter post was uh, from a fella here from the Flutter Portugal, uh, the Flutter Portugal community, and he just asked it what you were working on, and I answered with the GIF showing the table and the selection, and that called some attention, and the Flutter team contacted us, and then we started to uh, to do some monthly checkups on how was the project going and uh at this moment they said that we had we have this event going on do, do you want to be featured we are going to release flutter windows it's going to be uh, published everywhere yada, yada, yada. so we went through we started to record a video immediately 
and uh, I wrote a small script. We went to some uh, layers of approval. And after that, we just recorded a video. And also after it was approved, uh, we just waited and it was published. It was quite fun. Very fun experience. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm looking at your, I'm actually looking at your, your, uh, your video right now. I pulled it up. No, I was wrong. Your hair is not less. It's about the same as now. I just remember, uh, yeah. Okay. So did you get to keep this, the nice sweatshirt? Because that's a pretty cool sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. I have that. I have that. Just not wearing right now. I, lo I love sweatshirt from get, getting sweatshirt and swag from where I work. Because it's like free clutches, right? Yeah, it's free advertising for them too, right? So I have some VGVs too. You got VGV stuff? How come they never sent me any VGV stuff? Uh, I'm sad now. Oh, you can. Uh, oh, man. Let's change that. Let's change that. Let's give you some swag. Yeah. See if you can if you hook me some swag. I can send some swag your way. I actually have some t-shirts. Um, if anybody at home is listening to the podcast and you guys are interested in some swag, I've got stickers and t-shirts. And if there's anything else you guys are looking for, let me know. I got China right across the border. I can get made. <laughs> Basically, everything's made in China. And that's right across the border from me. So it's easy for me to get stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I do have some swag I want to give out if anybody's interested. Um, but kind of back to the show. Yeah, so you're working at Rose. I mean, you work in this app. You got the exposure. You were on, you were, you know, you were, you had your 15 minutes of fame, right? You were out there. Yeah. People didn't remember how tall your hair was. Uh, but, you know, at least they, they remember about Rose and uh, you worked on that. But what, what made you want to, to change, right? You went from Rose to VGV yes. or you did something in between? No, I just went straight from Rose to Virgo Ventures, uh, especially because the role I'm playing there, it's uh, as an open source engineer. So as I was working, working not professionally with Flutter since 2018, maintaining packages and stuff, I already did lots of open source. This, this includes like the Flame Engine, which is huge. Photo view is huge. So this kind of stuff I was already involved in. And I, I wanted to, to, to try something out, try something different. And uh, this role happens to be like something unique. It's an open source team, so it just you will not work on uh we don't work on commercial products we work only on open source uh open source stuff and also this involves also lots of uh, community work too and uh, some kind of dev, dev relations we go to uh events like flutter vikings for example to talk about stuff and um it's really nice to 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 have this ability to do this professionally to receive money to work on something that previously I just used like uh, my free time to work on. And that was the biggest uh, factor to, that made me to try out uh, Very Good Ventures. Yeah. Um, I, I'm always very curious about this kind of dev role and um, kind of like, well, I, I guess the the biggest question I have is, um, I mean, it's easy to figure out, okay, if you're working on client projects, Obviously, that's that's how they can say. Well, obviously, you're you're you have really good value for us because you're helping to bring in revenue. Now, working on open source projects that necessarily doesn't have direct revenue. Uh, I'm just kind of curious about how this kind of role has has uh, has value to it. Is it just that you guys want to give something back to the community, or uh, I'm you know it's it's not, not like I'm saying it's not that your role is not useful, right? I'm always kind of curious about what's the business justification because a lot of old style thinking is always like, well, is this guy actually making me money? Well, you can't say that about your kind of role directly, right? So maybe you can explain more about that because that's very interesting. 
Wow, that 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 vision it's um the vision of having an open source team is kind of an inter interesting vision because you have to look into uh how the indirect uh influence that these projects have uh in the ways that we can bring revenue to to Vergo Ventures, so the biggest way of bringing revenue to companies like uh, like Vergo Ventures that uh, uh, have uh, software services, is I guess the the one we can see like uh, almost time to time is when you build in the open, you have uh, your your code is visible. So this uh, intrinsically drives some kind of um, a pressure on having a good code quality in this case very good code quality and this affects all the projects even if it will not be open source if you have standards like uh that's one thing that's very interesting on vgvns they are very strong on it is standards and uh we have lots of projects lots of clients and now have a standard so if someone uh, have to change between projects for example will not face a code base totally different and uh, we always can rely on code quality, on tests and good practices. And this all comes from this kind of projects. So we have this direct impact on, uh, uh, on internal projects. And even though we have the open source team, um, the entire company has, has this kind of open source culture. Even uh, like engineers working uh, on, um, uh, on uh, the commercial projects they may have ideas for open source uh, projects and they may work on it so this is what happened with uh, r13n it's a package we, we launched some months ago that's just for regionalization of rules and uh, this uh, this came from a project in the commercial side so it's like a two-way street where we can we collaborate with uh, the the uh, the commercial projects and uh, the, also the commercial projects collaborate on open source too. And there's also all the obvious uh, indirect uh, gains that uh, very good ventures can have from uh, from having some kind of um, uh, having the standards applied internally, uh, visible and being adopted externally. So, for example, we use uh, we use very good analysis or very good workflows is being used in several other projects uh, around, the, uh, around the community. And I guess, I guess it's very, very positive for everybody. And uh, even though we have like this commercial side of Vergood Ventures and the open source side of Vergood Ventures, the open source projects are not, uh, does not tie anyone using it to Vergood Ventures. Like you, you are not owing us anything if you're using Vergood CLI, for example. And I guess that's a big win for the community too. So having a big impact in the community, there's also that big impact on uh, on the view that people have on the company. So I guess uh, the, I heard this a lot on events, for example, on Vikings, that Very Good Ventures, is, it's uh, well seen among the community. And I'm really glad to work there because of that. And this helps a lot on people when we want, for example, to hire the best people these people will know very good ventures. So this kind of stuff, you know. So then now we can say that you're the best, one of the best people now. I guess. I fooled them on, on the interview quite well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that speaks for your talent. I, I think, yeah, I think working on very good ventures is something a lot of people kind of aspire to, um, which is which is good. So it's interesting to hear that somebody who just 
started off in 2021, if I remember correctly, is already at VGB. Come here, say yeah, yeah. So that, that that must speak to your dedication and passion within Flutter, right? Now, now, what were you actually doing before you got into Flutter? Because we didn't actually really talk too much about that. Oof. Yeah, dark ages. I was doing JavaScript, man. <laughs> uh, I worked on. Um, I started as a front-end developer, so I just love, and to this day, I just love CSS more than almost anything. Not not including people. I love people more. Some people, anyhow. Um, I I just love CSS until this day. So I started like back in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Just working mainly with HTML and CSS because it just this is a, this one thing you see from my projects. I love design stuff, and I love visual stuff. I love user interfaces. Um, and um, after that, I got into the board of JavaScript, React. Worked with React in lots of projects back in Brazil in a company called Dextra. And uh, there was this project that was a mobile app that needed modulus. And then I went, I joined the board of mobile with React Native back in 2017 and to 2018. And in 2018, I discovered uh, Flutter. So it was uh, until 2018 and 2019, I was just working with, uh, on my day on on my day job, work with React Native, and at night I tuned into Flutter and started playing out and learning, and uh, creating open source stuff. And then I moved to to Portugal work, to work at Rose, starting with React, and uh, there was this moment that they needed a desktop app, so there was this option between creating one with Electron or create one with Flutter. We went with Flutter and the rest is history. So what was your first uh, kind of experience when you started working with Flutter? I mean, cause you came from JavaScript, right? JavaScript, you can do a lot of stuff and you, you've seen, have you ever seen the wet man before? No, the what? I have to, sh I have to share it with you after this call. Okay. So there's this guy named Gary Bernhardt who does this video called wet man. So did you ever hear the term wet W A T? It's basically like saying what, but it's like, what? What is that? Ah, oh, all right, all right, yes. Have you seen this this wet man thing or no? No, no, the wet man thing, no. Okay, well, when you watch the video, you understand why it's called wet man. But he basically is saying, okay, uh, let me show you something about JavaScript, and you start doing weird things like saying like array plus object. What does that equal? And you get weird stuff. And uh, but like, like coming from JavaScript interestingness to kind of more standard dart like do you feel like there's what do you feel what do you feel when you go from like that kind of style yeah i was in the reality of working with typescript i was barely touching pure javascript at that moment so some stuff from typescript to dart is it's a quite straightforward straightforward way there's some punctual differences but uh, it's mostly it's always improvement everything you learn from typescript to dart and um, it was it was okay. Uh, when I started, we were on the Dart one yet, so typing was not that strict. Uh, so the, some stuff just fell home instantly. But when it came Dart two, well, now things got interesting, and um, the the strong typing that came with that was just awesome, awesome. So my experience was mostly um, positive. 
like mostly 9% positive. And also that helped, uh, a fact that helped that was I was working with React and React, uh, the, the way React works using components, you can translate that to widgets. So there's there's some stuff you can translate from a React developer to uh, to Flutter. That's very straightforward. And if you go learn uh, Compose and SwiftUI, there's some stuff that quite uh, some concepts are quite transferable between those platforms. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. Like especially the ideas of composition. I think compositions is something that's yes quite new. Otherwise, I think most things were like uh, class based, right? Even even now, if you work around with React, like they stop basically most class-based components, if I remember correctly. Like everybody's using functional base, which I thought was very interesting. I mean, we we don't use inheritance a lot on widgets, right? Yes, I do find that strange, but it does work. I, but this is the 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 thing about declarative UIs. You know, you can uh, you can declarative UI is just a way of uh, it's just a description, a prescription to uh, the framework, whatever it is, to build a screen. You're not actually building your screen. You're not actually dealing with the objects that will be alive during uh, during the interaction of the user. We are just writing a description of it. So widgets are just a recipe. Uh, so how can you, can you um, declare UIs given that condition that we are not actually dealing with the things that we will go live uh, that will be alive during update cycles composition so you just need a method or, or somewhere that uh, describe that composition so since we're not messing with things like, like all the time we're not messing with things like hinder objects for example or uh, more advanced concepts it's quite straightforward just compose compose and compose now I think we've gotten quite a bit of your background and yeah. <laughs> we know that you're a superstar being on the on the Rose team. And let's talk about shaders a little bit, right? So why, why don't we kind of go into a little bit about why you dug into shaders, right? Because people don't usually dig so much into certain topics, but what, what got you into getting more into shaders? Uh, if you see like how things are, how things are uh, connected to each other. So uh, I was working at uh, roles and uh, while doing that project with tables, I learned a lot about scrollable stuff. Like a lot, like everything scrollable is levers and everything. It just just was there in my mind, and I submitted uh, for a talk on Flutter Vikings about scroll and scroll scrollable APIs. Kind of a unknown scrollable API that people can take advantage of. And uh, while I was doing the slides and uh, working on the, how the subject I was going to talk, said, okay, we, we know that uh, the APIs we have right now are awesome and we have this, all these values we can access, but how can we make this even more epic? So in the end, I started to experiment with Umbra, which is this package that my coworker, uh, Wolfram, created around shaders at that time that simplifies the creation of uh, fragment shaders uh, on Flutter. And at that time, the f using shaders on Flutter was really, really difficult. There was lots of limitations, some stuff that I didn't want to put the hands on. I just wanted to demonstrate scroll. So uh, my idea for a shader was a motion blur as you scroll. 
So if you scroll fast, you have a motion blur. The best way of doing that is having a fragment shader. Since the fragment shader support was experimental, it's still experimental, but was even more experimental at that time, I just wanted to do some kind of a gimmick in the end of the presentation. So I just wrote a fast shader there, used it Umbra, and then demonstrated it, and it was quite fun. Everybody loved the, the demonstration. And I was like, hmm, okay. Shaders are quite, quite powerful and quite uh, fast. And we have lots of runtime values that we can use as parameters for shaders, especially on Flutter. So let's let's run let, let's uh, allow the imagination go. Uh, add infinitum. So I, last week, last week ish, two weeks ago, I don't know. I went back and checked what was going on uh, with um, with shaders, and the support was just something else. It was quite easy and way more powerful. Some shaders we some some features we wanted to use back in September was not possible. It was possible now. So we just okay, let's go. Let's go for for trying out the stuff. And then I came out I came up with uh, this idea of having this shining shader. And then I shared it on Twitter and the, it blew up. It was quite awesome to see. And uh, it was also quite awesome to see how fast you can uh, post-process a, a Flutter UI with shaders. But I guess I'm getting ahead of myself here because uh, if someone that's uh, uh, listening and do doesn't know what a, a shader is, basically. Uh, in this case, I'm talking on a specific type of shader that's a fragment shader. And that's a kind of a function uh, that runs for every pixel. Of, uh, of, a, of the screen or of the canvas we're putting the shader on. And uh, for e we run this for every pixel and the shader doesn't know this, the results of the other pixels. And also it runs on every frame you repaint. So it's quite powerful. But the most important thing is it runs on the graphics process unit, not on the CPU. So it's quite fast for, for uh, graphical processing. And uh, you can pass several parameters, several different types of parameters to, um, to shaders. For example, any double value you have on runtime. Uh, for example, how much you scroll the page or the result of a drag gesture. I don't know. All of this kind of stuff. Even a color, for example. And uh, you can also pass, we, can, we called textures. It's basically... An image, an image, a dart UI image that cannot can be the result of the processing of a, of a region of a widget tree. So, for example, you can post process uh, the image of the entire of your entire app with one shader and apply some kind of a sepia or contrast or make everything black and white if you want to, and. Uh, yeah, so this is basically a, a summary of what's a shader and uh, the support on uh, on the master channel is it's quite fun. You can do lots of, of cool stuff here. Now, so you're saying that on master channel, you can do some stuff that you cannot do, obviously, on stable, right? Yeah, I mean, the, I don't know if you can use fragment shaders at all. Why is that exactly? Uh, yeah, they have been working a lot on the on this support and there's this new... Um, Graphics backend, I don't know if that's the correct term, uh, called Impaler, 
that is being developed under development for some time now. And it's basically uh, an alternative to Skia. And um, since it's maintained by the Flutter team, I guess it's more uh, tied to the needs of Flutter. And uh, impellers, I guess you can you run by default. Uh, it's a default uh, graphics backend on um, macOS on iOS, the master channel. And I'm I'm not, I'm not sure. I may be talking bonkers here, but I don't, I'm not sure if it's usable on the stable channel or better. I have to test it out. Didn't test that. And uh, yeah, I can. And I drop here in the chat the link for Impeller. And yeah, yeah, the the support uh, of uh, of fragment shaders is a little bit better now because of all of the all the development uh, in the engine around this kind of support, you know. So what what's what is better in the master channel when it comes to shaders that that you don't get in stable or maybe the beta channels? Okay, uh, can I share my screen? <laughs> I'm really into share my screen. Like I'm. Yeah, please, please go ahead. This window here and share. So this is the documentation that's just 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 got added to the website. So it's writing using fragment shaders. So this is the title in the docs site of Flutter. So but, but basically we have on, on master, you can write the shader file somewhere. In this case, the person puts under shaders in the name of the file and loads as an asset. So since you have the, what we call the fragment program, which is basically your shader compiled you can create um, the actual shader from that and use on a canvas. This is the basic usage usage that we have on uh, on master. And there's this package. Let me see if I can find it. It's called Flutter Shaders from Jonah Williams that provides some APIs that makes even easier to use shaders. So for example, here, if you go to the example app, it's just a Flutter app and we have a shader file. So for example, we have this shader. Nice, this is not Dart, so you're gonna explain a bit. Um, we have uh, the shader file and we just uh, load in a similar fashion as we load uh, assets. In this case, we have the special key in the PubSpec YML, that's for shaders. And then we have some APIs to use them dynamically and try apply them on uh, on Flutter apps on the on the actual user interface of the um, of the app you are building. So I, I I got some examples here. I guess I can go for this one. It's the same from the tweet. This is a Flutter app. We're running on on macOS, and it's shiny. So uh, as I move my mouse, there is some kind of a light effect on the letters that uh, uh, that's applied to the, the canvas of the image. So what's happening here is, let me go for app. So this is just a normal Flutter app. I have a page that contains um, just widgets, you know, everything you know about. 
There's some examples. So every part of the screen here is some kind of example. There's a text editable. There is uh, a long test, which in this case, this example here, and also the image and also a Rive animation, just like this one. Um, okay. So what's the intention with this is to show how, a f how all the values that we have on the, on a flutter runtime can affect a shader can affect uh, a way you can customize a shader. So for example, here we, the shader has a light source parameter. It's because uh, there's source, source X and screw fraction. So this is kind of, a uh, the coordinates of where in the screen, the light source is, and that is customized by different parameters. Uh, I have in my app and it's all just a flutter. So I can edge this test, just a flutter UI as like any other, but I'm post-processing it with the shader. How that's done. That's done by some, uh, helpful widgets that we have on the flutter shaders package. There's the animated sampler, which is it receives a child, receives a widget and, uh, builds runs this function with the image that's resulting of this widget. It renders a widget, takes the image of that, and then you can process it using uh, the shader. And uh, that's it. And you can pass the image as a parameter to the shader, and then the shader will do the, the actual job of uh, painting every pixel of this part. And uh, yeah, as long as it's not uh, a platform view, it will work with any, any widget in, in below. So this is basically a photo view with an image. And I'm just applying this as I move my cursor. This is one parameter I pass to the shader. And the other is how much I'm scrolling. And uh, it's another parameter that I pass to the, to the shader. So this is quite a, a rather complex example, but shows how First, how fast it is right now. I, I, I cannot share about, I, I'm not sure about like memory footprint or impact on battery, but um, it's quite fast to apply this, uh, these changes. And uh, with all the flexibility we have on Flutter, the sky's the limit. So I even have, uh, for example, this was the demonstration I, I added on the, on the Flutter Vikings example. So it's updated to use the new stuff. It applies a motion blur as the velocity of my scroll uh, changes. So if I'm scrolling fast, it will apply. I guess the, my screen share is probably not the best if I'm looking here, but uh, once you have like a hundred uh, frames per second, 60 frames per second, as we can see here, even on the bug, you, you can see that this is, is quite, quite cool. So this is just another example. And there are some, uh, some other small stuff we can do with images. And this is my, like my playground where I just test out, uh, some, uh, some shaders. So I have some photos I took during Flutter Vikings here, like this one, this one, and this one, and I just apply shaders on them. So you can apply shaders on images or even on, uh, use interfaces. This, in this case, I'm applying a brightness shader to this image. 
So how this is happening, uh, I have, uh, I, I load this image from the assets, pass it to the, to this widget here that applies the shader to a custom pointer, custom painter, passing the image size, uh, the image as sample, and also its size to the shader. And there's the slider value. That's uh, the value from this little material slider in the button. I pass out, I pass also to the shader and then the shader file, which is, oops, uh, in something, it's not Dart, it's a language that we call GLSL, which is a specification of a language for shading. So it's like OpenGL shading language. And that's quite, like, it's quite familiar to C, to C and uh, it's a C-like language. And what uh, it is, it's just a function that runs, as I said, to every pixel and have some parameters. Uh, the only parameter that we have uh, uh, on this case for Flutter, for sure, just supported by Flutter, is the coordinates of the pixel that we are we are painting, and everything else we can pass as we call uniforms. Uniforms are parameters that we pass uh, to the shader. In this case, we are passing here, and uh, on Flutter they can be two types: images. In this case, an image sampler and uh, floats, float values, basically translate to double in Dart. Uh, in this case here, there's the first uniform we're passing. So the order of the uniforms are quite important. In this case, it's a vector two. So it's basically a vector of two dimensions. So it receives two values. It just pass in sequence the, the X and the Y of the vector. And after that, we have just a float. So it's just one value here that we pass here. And after that, you, you have to pass the image. That's basically the texture that in this case will be of type sampler 2D. And uh, you can have other types here. For example, if I pass uh, here a vector four, for example, I have to pass, I, I have to pass this, 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 and this for uh, for the shader. And also I have to maintain these numbers in order. The order of the uniforms are very important. So yeah, we can pass basically anything. So here we are passing this parameter here and the size, the size is basically the size of the canvas or the image, sorry which is, I guess, the same. And uh, the actual value of the slider that here is called U delta. I'm calling, I'm starting with U. This is something I'd like to do. It's to name uniforms starting with U. It's to name uniforms that are textured with T. And the output of this shader is the color of the pixel. Color is a vector four. So it's just four uh, numbers, R, G, B, and A. So the channels of the color. And it's called frag color here. It's indicated by out because this will go out of, uh, of the shader. And we just specify this in our main function. What we're doing here, we get the coordinate, the raw coordinate, the number coordinate of the, of the pixel we're painting. And we get that number, relative number 
of uh, of the actual size of the canvas. So if you have a canvas of uh, 100 by 100 and I am the pixel 50-50, this will be in the middle of the screen. So the value of this that we call the UV is 0.5.5. So vector two in the middle of the screen. This is like a relative number of the of the, the coordinates that we are painting on. And from that, we can call this a special function here that exists on JavaSL. That uh, the first parameter is the image that we are passing down from the, from Flutter, and the other is the UV that we just created here. And from that, you can I can grab the color of this specific pixel in the image, and with the color we can do anything, and then set that as the output. So this is a very basic shader that we're just adding some brightness. So this brightness function is very simple. You just get a number between zero and one. I, I am adding one here for um, to, to, to make the values a little bit more visually appealing. And I multiply RGB with that value. So I get the amount of R that we have and we multiply by the amount of brightness we have. And this makes color the color more bright, bright or not. Or I can just, uh, let's just uh, kid around. So I'm gonna uh, make RGB here, be like uh, vector three, 1.0. I don't know, just 1.0. GitHub Copilot, give me a break. Thanks. It's just making it completely white because it's painting every pixel as white. Or can toy around and make um, the red channel always zero. So we're just removing red from the from the color at all. So we can toy around with the colors uh, a lot, and it's quite quite fast. Um, yeah, that's like a summary of how a fragment, what's a fragment shader is. And, uh, my intention now is to show like how the, the daily basis, how, how the daily work with Flutter can be impacted by this kind of, uh, of, uh, technique. Uh, we have, uh, one thing in the, in the framework that I don't know if I have here is the overscroll behavior. Do you know the overscroll overscroll behavior on uh, on Flutter twelve? What it is? Um, wow, I think I think I had somebody in a, an episode talk about this one recently. Um, it, it's changed with Android twelve. Yeah, yeah. There's used to be yeah. an inkwell, but now it's I, something I, else. I think. Oh, sorry. There's a stretch, right? There's it's a stretch. Yeah. It's a stretch. So uh, let me just uh, Google here because I don't have the tab open. Material 12 uh, stretch. I guess material 12 over scroll. Oof, this first link here, it's Flutter. But I guess I have an animation over here. Now if you can see, you as the user over scroll, it stretches. But it's uh, very important to notice that the edge of the screen, it doesn't stretch much, but gradually 
as you're approaching the other edge of the screen, the stretch is more visible. So if you use something like a scale, a transform and a scale on Flutter, you will stretch the entire uh, UI. That's what uh, I guess it's implemented on uh, on the master on the stable channel for Overscroll Mature 12. Yes, it's uh, somewhere over here, and this is a feature tracked to just to, to be solved with fragment shaders in this case. So I hope I, I thought like some minutes before this talk, I thought, wow, what we can write live uh, as a shader. I guess this would be could be like a very simple type of um, of shader that we can make. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think you 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 should be able to. Um, I, I would like to see how you how you do this. All right, I mean, I'm guessing you already did the work. Okay, so right? <laughs> or you just got live code everything from the beginning. Uh, I did. No, not everything from the beginning. I cheated a little bit, mm -hmm. so I have this playground that's just editing an image. I have another playground that's just scrollable, so it's just this uh, scroll view. Okay, but this. Uh, it's uh, not a very uh, simple scroll view. It's a scroll view that I have my own over scroll behavior. So in this case, let me just uh, show the source code here. We have this list view builder that uh, shows an Oslo photo and this title in the beginning. And I have 10,000 items. I don't know, you can change that. I have a huge cache extent because I don't want to scroll and load the images dynamically. It's not visually appealing for this demonstration. And uh, I have wrapping this scroll view, this list scroll view. First, a scroll configuration, which is from Flutter, something that we can customize the working of a scroll view. So in this case, I'm forcing that touch will drag the scroll. So I can, like with my mouse, I can scroll like by dragging. So I can emulate some, um, mobile behavior, we, and then you can drag with the touch screen. Also touch, mouse, and trackpad, so trackpad too. And uh, I guess that's it. I'm gonna just remove the default over scroll um, behavior on this. And I'm wrapping with this woo, special widget here. This is the secret sauce. This is special uh, widget, which is the apply shader thing it wraps wraps the children with the two things that i just showed one uh the, the thing i just showed is the which, which is the shader builder and also this special other widget from uh flutter widget flutter shaders that is an animated sampler that creates the image of the child and here i'm just uh, disabling this uh, this whole shader behavior if uh, i don't have over scroll and yeah, just passing the image to the shader, also the size of it, and also the overscroll amount. And the overscroll amount is calculated by this special widget from the framework that's called Notification Listener that will listen to notification that is emitted from uh, the list view. In this case, it's scroll notification. If it is an overscroll notification, it just calculates the delta that I'm overscrolling. If it's a scroll end notification, so I just stop it, the overscroll, it will make the delta go back to zero. All right. 
So in this case, I'm just, I'm using the brightness shader here, and I'm passing the overscrow amount, which is the delta based in the whole dimension of the, uh, of the screen. So this is equal to the height of this, uh, of this list view. And I'm, the, the overscrow amount is just this ratio, and then I'll pass to the shader. So I'm just gonna go a little bit of an overscroll. You see, if I as I overscroll, it goes brighter. I'm gonna make this a little bit a little bit more dramatic. Thanks, GitHub Copilot. See, I'm overscrolling now. It's making it bright. I stop overscrolling. It doesn't grow bright, right? So we have a shader working here, but I want to stretch and I want to make it bright. All right, let's. Uh, I'm gonna go back to that playground. Let's uh, write a new shader here. So I just have this thing that I keep here. It's just the boilerplate of all shaders are right. What What's the details here? This specifies which version of GLSL I'm working. 460 is the latest one. So I make sure the latest uh, uh, resources are available here. I can use, use the old things, for example, the 100, but lots of... Uh, data types are not available in this version. So just making sure we are using the last one. Uh, this I'm making the, uh, the uh, specifying the precision of floats. I don't want like a huge precision here. I don't need a huge precision here. Make it a little bit faster, just setting as medium. This is the only thing we can import right now on, uh, on shader. So this gives us this function that gives us the coordinate that we are shading right now, independently if you're using Skia or Impala. And uh, just calculating UV, running the fragment function that we return the color, and that's it. So we have a basic uh, a texture as, in, as uniform, and the other uniform is the size that we're passing here. So I'm gonna just gonna change our uh, playground here to boilerplate. I'm not gonna create another one. I'm just gonna check out whatever we do now. Okay, just passing boilerplate. Boom, there's a problem because we are passing one too many uniforms. So yeah, this boilerplate shader is doing exactly nothing, which is what everything, whatever we need right now. All right, let's stretch. How do we stretch? It's it basically comes down to getting a different coordinate that we are shading right now in the image. So if I'm the middle, I wanna get the, not the middle coordinate of the image. I want the coordinate of the, of the part I wanna display. So if I'm stretching and I'm painting, for example, this widget in the middle, I'll be actually painting this part of the image. I don't know. So this comes down to change UV. So let's go for a vector two, UV two. Oh, nice, but not this. Let's go for 0 0.5, for example. So this gets like the half of the coordinate. So for example, if I'm the end, I'll get the middle. If I'm the 10% the of the, the height of the image, I will get, uh, equivalent of a uh, 1%. So it's going to stretch a little bit.
go for this. Oh, it's not working. Oh yeah, I'm not texturing the UV2. Whoa, I guess it's too much. Let's go for nine. Nine is imperceptible. Okay. As I can vary, this will be stretching a little bit more. I don't want to stretch both um, uh, both coordinates, just the vertical one. So let's go for a vector two. Oh, thanks, Copilot UVY. So I'm just going to stretch vertically. Nice. This is uh, the value that's like uh, hard coded here. How about you get the value from the slider? So we can have uh, another uniform float of you amount. It's a very common name that I use like most all shaders. And we have it. Oops. Oh, yeah. We are not passing this. Let's uncomment this. Boom. I guess it's working now. As I slide this, we are stretching the image. Stop changing that value or multiplying. But this is stretching like the whole thing. As I go in the top, I don't stretch much. In the bottom, I stretch a lot. This is the effect we are going for. So I guess this value that we multiply UI varies as UVY uh, increases. And also it's like the inverted effect. It's like zero is applying a lot and one is applying like nothing. So we can just uh, invert this by going for a float, a real amount, I don't know, or inverted amount. Inverted amount would be better, but it's too late now. It's like 1.0 minus this. Let's just uh, go back. Oh yeah, not using real amounts. Come on, man. Good. Now we're going. We are applying this to the value of the slider. Okay. And um, okay, let's vary this value with UVY. So we can go for using pow. Okay, let's, this is a quadratic function. So it's like we'll increase in the different manner, but the, I don't want a quadratic. I want to vary a base on UVY, I guess. I guess we are a little bit better, right? We are not stretching a lot to the top of the image, and we're we're applying the, the value the effects more dramatic in the bottom of the image. We can uh, go for UVY times UVY. I don't know. I'm just guessing right now. Oh, two point oh. Yeah, thanks, Pilot. Make it a little bit more dramatic. Boom or 0.5. So we, we just toy with math and stuff like that to apply the value. And the difference right now between the top of the image and uh, the image itself, it's uh, way bigger. Let's go for like, this is like more subtle, but as we reach 1.0, boom. <laughs> so 
so we just toy, we are just toying with the the function, the math mathematical function here. And I guess I guess that's uh, that's a good shader we have here. I'm gonna just change the. Let's apply to the scrollable thing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Breakline scrollable. Let's change the main for the shader playground scrollable. Let's change it to our shader, which I'm just using the butter plate one. Just gonna. Duplicate afterwards. Let's go. We are we are applying the overscrow, the material twelve ish overscrow. But as I stop overscrolling, it suddenly goes back. So we can use the magic of Flutter to adjust that. I'm overscrolling. I stop. Boom! It goes back because I suddenly send set it to zero point zero. We can use um a twin animation builder here perhaps mm -hmm. twin animation builder this receives oh it's a value widget builder that goes for context i'm gonna call this delta again and then this is just a child i'm not passing and then here at twin let's go copilot thank you copilot Oh yeah, I have to pass a duration too. Milliseconds, I guess it's good. Oh, I don't wanna I don't wanna twin this while it is uh overstretching. So if delta delta is bigger than 0, .0. Okay, thanks copilot. So this is basically what I created, a duration that varies if I'm going back, if I'm setting to zero, suddenly it animates during a hundred seconds back to zero, back to zero. And uh, if I'm just uh, in this situation where I'm over scrolling, this doesn't uh, have an effect. So I'm just passing Delta here that will be used to calculate the overscrow amount that will be passed to, shade, to the shader. Let me just remove this right now. Let's see. Ooh, it's quite fast, I guess. Mm -mm -mm. Oops. Guess the logic is um, inverted here. Let's go for 300 milliseconds. And then we have the animation when going back. So we have all the flexibility of Flutter with uh, all the flexibility of shaders to create amazing stuff, you know. So the, the sky's the limit now and uh, people can, can use all the values that we already have on Flutter as parameters to shaders to just uh, go wild. So I guess this is for demonstration that I wanted for today. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I I think your examples of what's on your Twitter are really cool. Like I remember like seeing uh, was it like a sun or something? I thought that was really cool. It, it, well, is it just me or am I remembering like like when you have like the, the is chrome? It this? Well, I don't know what is this right now. Let's see. It wasn't this. This is the Twitter one. 
No, I, was I, it? I don't think this is the 21. I, I For sure something like oh. this was there, but it was like somebody running. Right, it looked like a video game. The way the shader was. Oh, the T-Rex! Yeah, it's the on T-Rex. flame. That was on oh, flame. I don't, have, oh, okay. I don't have this example running. Here. Yeah, but that that was super <laughs> yeah. attractive. So yeah, we have we have the flame engine. Yeah. Yeah. What what happened there? I'm, let me let me see if I can uh, find the tweet because in the thread of the tweet, I kind of explained how this is applied. Mm-hmm. So what happens is I flame is just a widget, uh, just a game that runs on a widget, and everything is canvas based. So what happens is I duplicate this widget and in one widget, I run uh, what will be used as parameter to the to the shader. The other widget, I just run the whole game. And then I use a stack to put everything on top of each other. And that gives that effect. So let me just uh, find where's the... Oh yeah, here, I found it. Let me just uh, put on the screen. So this is the the T-Rex. The T-Rex is like an example on the Flame Engine repository. So it's already implemented. I just added this visual effect. So what happens is we have the the moon. It's kind of a moon, and we have some elements that causes uh, the causes the shadow when they pass on top of that moon. So it basically uses the very same widget that we use here. It's the very same thing. The very same shader. I'm sorry. Uh, but with some uh, some flutter techniques, the difference is on the flutter side. It's not even GLSL anymore. So this is the the two versions of the game that we're running. That on the top is where we, I don't apply shader, and on the bottom is where I do apply. The blue part is not doesn't go to the shader. It just I, I added here to illustrate that this is transparent, so it's just empty pixels. The blue parts. And the dark parts and white parts go to the shader. And this shader uses luminance to apply the light. So only the white part will have the luminance. And everything else is just uh, the silhouette of everything else is just to cause the shadow. Uh, and when I apply the shader, and instead of running this version of the game, I run uh, the shader. So I have we have this kind of an effect. That just the moon and uh, uh, the shadows on top of it. And then I use, after this, I just use a stack. I put the, the version with shader on the top and the version without the shader on the bottom. And just we just compose this visual uh, beauty that is this part. And uh, if, you, if, you look in, if you look closely, this part where the, the cactus is on the front, of the of the moon it, it it appears like darker but it's just like visual uh illusion optical illusion because it has the same color but when you have a darker background it looks brighter so yeah yeah this is super attractive this is yeah. the, the technique so this this is the kind of stuff that i I, I I want to, to people know that shaders is it's not just a gimmick. You cannot just go and uh, uh, and uh, do this kind of stuff. You can use in the real Flutter development every day. Just the thing that made me fall in love with Flutter. I don't know if that's your case. Is that you control every pixel of the screen, mm-hmm. and this factor now it's even more um, impactful with uh, fragment shaders. 
Yeah, I, I, I think this is, is this is this is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I think the the difficulty of the shaders is that you have to really get into. It's a totally different syntax, right? It's similar to C style. I think it's called GLSL. Yes. I think is the name of the language. GLSL. Yeah, so that's basically the open GLSL. It's OpenGL shader shading language. Shading language. But it's uh, once you get a, a, a grasp on uh, what's a shader, this concept of what happens there, what the shader knows and what doesn't know. With the answer is it knows only the parameters. It doesn't know the results of other parts of the of the screen in that shader. So you can't combine the results of two pixels in one, for example, unless you you do multi-part shader, which I can explain later. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the 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 thing I I use it to learn shaders is this uh, online website, and it's like the reference for everything. It's even on the documentation here on Flutter. Is this online book that's called the Book of Shaders? It's just a uh, 10 to 12 minutes, you'll get the basic uh, understanding of uh, what's a shader. And even even has this uh, editor where we can just play around. This is just like the dart pad of shaders. So you just can play around with a shader here uh, to create visual stuff. I don't know, without having to, to go all, all of this hassle of compiling and everything. And also examples. There's lots of examples there. So you can just Google stuff, GLSL, and see if, you know, Gaussian Blur, Blur, GLSL, there is Blur. There there are some people asking. It's a very, very widespread uh, technique. And uh, most people will probably not need to write, write GLSL like every day of their lives. But uh, it's, a, it's a fun uh technique to to know and if you like to just to play around i can spend a whole day just customizing parameters and stuff like that to to see the output you know yes. so if you want to learn shaders the book of shaders and also this documentation writing and using fragment shaders this is on the flare ducks that's it great yeah, this is this is all really cool stuff. Um, I, I'm I'm I kind of want to play with shaders when I have some time. It's too busy these days, but yeah, you can do some really cool stuff. And I, I always hear people talking about shaders and and they're useful and people complaining that they want more access to shaders within Flutter. And I'm like, I don't know. Most of the apps I make, we don't really need to do this kind of stuff. Uh, at least for the apps that I need to make. Um, yeah. but I mean. There probably is a couple of times where I did want to do something and I didn't couldn't quite figure it out and maybe shaders could have solved the problem. Um, I think it, it'd be worth it to kind of just yeah. go through this website like you have over here, get an idea about what a shader is and what you can do with it. Yes, um, there's some ideas that I that I have that can be like useful with shaders. There was this one that's uh, I saw on Twitter some days ago. It is kind of a progressive blur. That you can apply to images. Uh, I guess this is it. Oops. It's a kind of progressive blur that you can add. So you can animate this kind of stuff. Oh, that's nice. You know, and apply to any image. You don't, you don't need to uh, tell your designer to process image on Photoshop, then ship to you. Then you can put in your app. You can like download an image from the uh, from the internet and just display it and apply the effect on top of it. 
So it gives this kind of uh, flexibility, you know. And uh, this, the, the support that we have of shaders on Flutter, particularly speaking, this capacity of uh, sampling the actual UI of the screen, uh, shaders, it's like a, a very, very powerful. Not even not, No um, web technology have that flexibility. For example, unless you're using 3.js, but if you want to sample the DOM, then pass to 3.js, it's not a fast nor cheap computationally speaking, cheap uh, operation. And if you compare that with Flutter, boom, it's uh, it's uh, just its own thing, you know. So the possibilities now that we have with Flutter, it's like we see a lot of people publishing demos, demos of uh, uh, Swift UI or Compose or anything like that on Twitter. And then someone from the Flutter community goes and replicates that with Flutter. I guess the possibility now is for we create demonstrations and people of other technologies try to replicate it because uh, we can we can we can have Flutter now in the vanguard of some uh, uh, some types of user interfaces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I just need to go through this some more to really wrap my mind around it. But I I can imagine some things like what's already coming to mind is like the. I think it's like Arrow or whatever, like the Windows Vista kind of style where it's like you have like this kind of iced, you know, you can see it, but it's a little bit blurry kind of thickness. I, I don't know if you mm. remember what I'm talking about with like the Vista Arrow, like that thing I think could be done with a shader. Yes, yes. All the types of blurs, motion blur, zoom blur, Gaussian blur. Yeah, I, I didn't think there's so many different types of blurs in this, this world, but I guess there's a whole book of blurs we should probably make. <laughs> there's this one i guess i i just copied this from somewhere on the web on the web it's called the barrel blur uh let me try if I, let me see if i can apply this to barrel blur to our uh uh caps lock was on barrel blur and let me see if i can apply this Ooh, we have it. Oh, it's oh. Not, it's not dependent on. So it's still pretty amount. cool. Yeah, this is. This so is yeah, cool. this. Yeah, it's almost like an ND filter or something <laughs> on the in the image. It's really nice. Yeah. And this is a possibility to uh, the thing that I used to learn Flutter was uh, an app that I wanted to create. That uh, uh, it's just an image editing app. It's called uh, Let's Picture. It's published on the Play Store, I guess. And uh, it uses the CPU to apply contrast, uh, brightness, saturation to images because I just want, I, don't, I didn't want to pay for something like Lightroom to uh, treat images that I take. Uh, but the, capa the limitations that is that I use, uh, even using the FFI, which made a little bit faster, I, I was using the CPU to edit the images. Now, if Shader is using the GPU, the possibilities are just immense, you know? Okay, yeah, this, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed you kind of walking through Shaders some more with me, and now I understand a little bit more about what they are and what you can do with them. And it seems pretty, I mean, other than obviously learning the language and learning all the math and stuff behind it, I think adding shaders to your program seems to be really straightforward. Like you just have to create the fragment and stuff. And I feel less scared of it, but still, I don't really know too much about the shading language, the GLSL. That's something they have to pick yeah. up. And, but otherwise, 
once you learn that, I think the languages are easy. always. Yes, it, I mean, I, I I had a great experience. Just for a context, uh, before 15 days, before Flutter Vikings, I didn't even had idea an idea what JavaScript was. And uh, during Flutter Vikings, I just did a demonstration of it. So it's quite easy. It's quite uh, uh, straightforward to learn this language. You, you, you just need to understand some uh, principles, like the types and where it runs and uh, take care of some examples because some examples may be from an older version of it so they may if you copy and paste on flutter they may break so just need to to understand the limitations that flutter itself has on top of JavaScript, and all of them just a very very straightforward okay yeah, I, I appreciate just like I said, taking the time to kind of walk us through this. And and uh, there's a nice handy looks. You keep pulling this up the documentation. When you go to Flutter.dev, yeah. you look at the docs. You go to the user interface, advanced UI shaders that have basically a super good introduction about what a shader is, how to get into it, and like you said, the link to that shaders website. So yeah. it, it should be pretty straightforward to pick up and learn. Cool. Is, Absolutely. is there anything else you want to say Absolutely. about shaders before we start the wrap up? Because we've had quite a long episode, but definitely I appreciate all the knowledge you've been sharing. I just uh, want to let y'all know that this will be uh, the, the the playground. I'm going to make it open source. It's closet source for some some days now. But the 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 thing that I tweeted, the light shader, it's open source. It's under my GitHub handle, uh, C Araujo uh, slash glowy stuff with shader. And uh, also the the motion blur. This I'm gonna just publish as a package pretty soon. Just finishing some tests. This will be called motion underscore blur underscore scroll. And uh, yeah, just to to serve us a guide if you wanna start with the uh, shader stuff. Also check uh, before trying these things out. Check out the uh, the master channel. Is it the master? Oh, the master channel of of uh, oh, Flutter. Flutter. Flutter channel master. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about the some channel uh, master channel of shaders on YouTube. That I had to think for a moment. Uh, what you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, the Flutter master channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would be a cool name though. Yeah, the master you know, channel. The problem is that there's so many acronyms and things in my head from different clients and different projects. I have to remember what's going on for what. And you know, it, it, it takes a moment. Also, diff talking to somebody yeah. from the US or talking to somebody from the UK, it's like, wait, wait, you're talking about meters <laughs> or you're talking about inches? Give me a, what do you, what, what? <laughs> takes me a minute to start to, to put everything together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This is, this is cool. I, I like it. I'm, I, I need to sit down and, and do this. And I, I've been wanting to get into video games and, and stuff. And I think shaders, no matter what, they're kind of universal to a certain extent. So it, it's, it's, yes, so handy to get into. let me introduce 3D. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, again, uh, thanks for cool. your, your time. I really appreciate it. Um, now you said we want to get into contact with you. We can probably hit you up on Twitter, right? Yes. Can see some uh, shaders, my so. Twitter handle is, mm -hmm. yes, I will, I will start, I will, uh, publish more shader stuff soon that I'm doing on some, uh, personal projects, but, uh, the gimmicks and demonstrations and everything can be found at uh, 
at my Twitter. There's also, uh, it's important to follow Wolferen, my coworker, that's a creator of Umbra. He has been working and messing with shaders on Flutter for way longer than me. So yeah, Wolferen, I don't, I don't remember exactly his uh, Twitter handle. Wolferen, yeah, Wolferen. And uh, uh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I've seen him posting a lot about <laughs> shaders. Yeah, he, he did something with uh, uh, just handering a shader, a very famous shader on Shader Toy. Let's go for Shader Toy. Uh, and it's like a fantastic one that just handles the entire freaking notion. So if I go for Browse and Popular, it's probably the first or the second most popular shader on Shader Toy. Uh, this one, the Shader Scape, Seascape. This thing is like huge. It's very demanding on the on the shader part. Actually, on my machine is running like frames, seconds per frame right now on shader type, but on Flutter it's like sixty. It's ridiculous. Wow. And this runs on Flutter, this shader now with the increased capabilities. Some months ago, not possible. Wow, that's really cool. I wish people, had, if you're listening to the podcast, you're not actually looking at it, you're missing out on some really cool looking shader stuff. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I, don't even, I don't even know how to start looking at the search code, but uh, people can go wide. And it's not that huge for the effect that we are seeing, right? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's very Just 200 lines. Yeah, that's not that much. But yeah, um, Shader Toy is also a, a useful uh, website to learn shaders. Yeah. They have cool demonstrations here too. Well, thanks for making my weekend busy with looking at shaders. So I was hoping to get things done, but I don't think it's going to happen now. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, I think, yeah, to make sure people can get a hold of you, your, your, do you mind to say out your, your, your Twitter handle? Uh, hit not a number, or if you go for henan.gg, it's my website, and there we can have my Twitter called LinkedIn and whatever. Hit not a number, uh, but yeah, you might need to spell it out because the pronunciation is <laughs> if you're not Portuguese, the pronunciation right. is a little bit off. R E not a number, yeah, uh, by like the entire thing. R-E, not a number. R-E, not a number. Exactly. Hanan. Yes. Okay. And with that, um, I don't think we, I don't know. It would be great that we can wrap this up um, because we've had a long episode and uh, I think uh, you, you've definitely given us a lot of things we had to kind of soak in. So I appreciate all the, uh, the time and all the knowledge you shared. And I'm happy that you kind of made the process easy for us who don't know anything about shaders to understand how to get into shaders and how we can use them in our Flutter app. And a good useful point is to kind of replicate that Material 3 design, right? With Android. That's really cool. Yes. And the fun thing is running on macOS. So this is the beauty of Flutter. Just running that effect that's supposed to be on OneDrive only, where we just run on macOS because we are rug people. But yeah, it's my pleasure too to share and to, to talk about cool stuff. I If I, if I, I don't polish myself, I can just lose a whole day talking about this kind of stuff because it's quite fun yeah it, it is fun just now 
trying to find a, a good practical use for it. Yeah. I mean, there is some, but some things there, there's not. Um, like the ocean is really cool, but I don't know if I can sell it to a client <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, but it is cool looking. It, you can at least sell them Flutter technology and say, look, this is what you can do with it. So, absolutely. Cool. I, I'd say so. React Native tried to do that. I mean, maybe you can or cannot. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, don't even want to know. <laughs> Okay, cool. And with that, uh, again, thanks for, for coming on and uh, hopefully we can have you again in the future. Thank you. And uh, yeah, call me. I'll be here.